episode 36. I'm here with That's one at Allen. And we are Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters because Real Church Matters. Real Church Matters. Let's get to that housekeeping, shall we? We shall. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Um, you can check us out at realchurchmatters.com and from there you can check out our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram. You can follow us, like us, share us, rate us, all of that. Um, and then also on the site, you can go to go do likewise where you can check out any of my old articles, um, purchase merchandise. When's the, <laughs> When's the next article coming? It's, 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 it's on the way. I'm actually working. Christmas article. I'm actually working on something a little bigger than an article. Oh. So I'm trying to. Y'all be on the lookout this. for Go Do Likewise book <laughs> <laughs> coming soon. Nobody said that, but yeah. You just interrupted my whole little I'm sorry, thing. But we're, we're looking forward to that stuff. Also, what she's been busy doing is making t shirts and hats and stuff. To help you wear your faith on your sleeve. I love that. Okay. That should be a shirt itself. Really? Yeah. We'll put faith actually on the sleeve. <laughs> Done? Hey, nobody steal that, please. Because we ain't copywriting this stuff. We ain't copywriting nothing. So, you can go there and uh, there's a link on the website. You can also go to realchurchmatters.bigcartel.com. Mm-hmm. And that'll take you there as well. We appreciate all those who support us yeah. who are rocking the apparel. And keep in mind, when you support us, you support yourself too because we use the money we receive to create more stuff. So, yeah. And giveaways as and well. And giveaways as well. <clears throat> so, we're always appreciative. Thank you so much. Uh, is there anything we missing? We did not talk about Patreon. So, Patreon, you can go and support us uh, at least a dollar. Going to patreon.com forward slash real church matters. We appreciate each and every person who's already given. Uh, if you give $10 or more a month, you'll receive a t shirt as well as other giveaways that we'll just surprise those uh, regular subscribers with mm-hmm. throughout the year. Um, and we have a special one on the way for them. Uh, if you give at least a dollar, you will get access to a little more matters, which is basically our version of overtime. Where after the podcast, we talk a little bit more about whatever we're talking about. We appreciate all the support, all the comments. Still write reviews. Share it with your friends. It's not about audience. It's obedience over audience. But since we have an audience. Let's get Let's get to to it. it. Today we're talking about, in episode 36, we're talking about half-hearted love. Half-hearted love. So what what happened was we were talking about various subjects because the podcast is always about whatever particular subject we're talking about throughout the week. And what I was sharing with Antoinette is in my engagement with a lot of Christians, I, I see that they're frustrated. I see that they want things to work out for them. I see that they want things to be better for them, but they don't realize that their engagement with God is very half-hearted. Mm-hmm. That their engagement with church, their engagement with prayer, with reading the word, with fellowshipping, with seeking God is very half-hearted. And it's hard to break the news to them that if you approach God half-heartedly, you can't expect to get his whole heart. Yeah. And it's interesting when we were having this conversation, like I started to even evaluate my own enthusiasm and all that towards the things of God and I started to evaluate myself and yeah this is, I think it's going to bless a lot of people right so with that being said we can go no further than Matthew 22 verse 36 through 38 and he's, they're saying teacher and they're talking to Jesus saying which is the greatest commandment in the law and I appreciate this question because basically In all of our lives, when we're going through this church thing, especially for those who've been at it for a minute, you're always just trying to figure out, let's get to the point of it all. Mm -hmm. What's the bottom line? What's the bottom line? When I'm reading all these scriptures and people are telling me the Greek and the Hebrew, and they're telling me about prayer and fasting, these guys really want to know, what's what's one thing? What's the main thing that I need to do that will please God? Mm -hmm. 
And you would think, well, Jesus be like, well, do all the commandments right. and you'll please me. No, he actually told them there is something that you can do that's greater than everything. Mm-hmm. There is something you guys can do that's greater than tithing. There is something you guys can do that's greater than giving. Yeah. And it's almost like he was saying this one thing that you do will kind of encapsulate all of that stuff anyway. Yes. Yes. He's saying if you can do this one thing, this will be the most advantageous to your Christian walk, Mm -hmm. the most advantageous to your spiritual life. And a lot of times we find ourselves doing a lot of things as far as it it relates to church, as it relates to praying and reading the word. But doing this one thing will service all of those other things and give more meaning to it. And so I love that he says, this is the greatest commandment. And the greatest commandment is, verse 37, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He said, this is the great and foremost commandment. Mm. Now, Jesus quoted this from Deuteronomy 6 and 5. And this was something that the prophets shared with the people of Israel. He said that you guys need to get it together and you guys need to follow this commandment. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And what stood out to me is not the fact that he said love God. It's not the fact that he said love him with your heart, soul, and mind. It's the fact that he said with all. All, yeah. It's powerful. And when you challenge yourself and ask yourself, have you given God all of you? Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to really understand where you stand with that. Yeah. Because that changes our perspective. A lot of times we're so focused on doing for God, we don't know if we're putting our all in what we're doing. doing. Yeah, because I think like you, you, you go through life and it's a lot of things you can do half-hearted. Like you can go to work and do that half-heartedly. You can go... You can love even your family half-heartedly, but, you know, it's evaluating how much you're giving God, and and that's basically what he was trying to say. And the fact that it matters to God. It does. See, sometimes when we're doing things half-heartedly, we can skate by and get by with people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're just happy that you're there. They're just happy that you're doing it. They don't really focus on what you're doing it in. And when people do focus on that and they do say something to you like, you know what? You're not giving it 100%. We get upset. Yeah. But that's what God is saying. He's saying, I don't want you to just come to church. I want you to come to church with all you have. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to read just read the Bible. I want you to read it with all that you have. Yeah. I don't want you to just love people. I want you to love them with all that you have. When we start talking about the degree in which we're doing things, we'll realize that we're half-hearted Christians. Yeah. Half-hearted. Just half-hearted. We can't stay like that. Of course he's telling us to love. Of course he's telling us to use our heart, soul, and our mind. But he's telling us to do it with all of it. That means that we can't give it to anything else. We can't allocate it to anything else. We have to put every bit of energy here. Of course, when we're living in this world, the best people, the most successful people are multitaskers. Mm-hmm. It's just if the more things you can do at once, the more indispensable you are. But when it come to God, he said, I don't need a multitasker. I don't need somebody trying to di- divert their energies in other places. I need somebody who's going to focus. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have ADHD as a Christian. No. You can't, you can't be split. Because even when you hear that scripture, it's like, my all, like, how am I, that's a lot. Like, yeah. I, I got to go to work. I got kids. I got, like, yeah. how, how, what does my all even look like? What does it look like? I'm going to tell you what it don't look like. It don't look like this bi-spirituality that we have going on. <laughs> bi-spirituality. Yeah, yeah. Coin that phrase. Bi-spirituality. The things that people are doing is you're literally giving energies to God, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. You're giving energies to God. You're giving energies to politics. You're giving energies to the culture. You're giving energies to your own desires and self-interest. And it's split. And then you wonder how we get these amalgamations of Christianity that look nothing like what Christ is talking about in this very scripture. It's true. Where he's saying, 
I want to see the Christian who gives their whole heart, their whole mind, their whole soul to me. Love me with 100%. Love me with all that you have. Some people are always focused on what they're not. God didn't even focus on what you're not. He just said, whatever you are, I want all, all of it. All of it, yeah. You know, you you read better than me. It's hard for me to read the Bible. He just wants you to put as much effort into reading the Bible as you would in a read one of them Zane novels. Because yep. <laughs> some of you can't read worth a lick, but you were still reading Fifty Shades of Grey. It's true. Right? Mm-hmm. We, we have to evaluate the things we put our effort into. Come on you have now. To. You be quick to tell me you broke. You ain't got no money to spare. But the things you put the little bit of money you have to. to yeah. It shows, says a lot about you. Show so much about you. Mm-hmm. Or even your mind. The things that you let consume your mind. Absolutely. Like, that's some energy. Of you, some of you, you can only give me your two cents because that's all you got in the bank account of your mind. It's two cents. But guess what? God said, give me that two cents. Mm-hmm. Some of you got buck 25, but he doesn't want a dollar. He wants all of it. Get, find a way to challenge yourself as you listen to this and ask yourself, do you give God your all? Ask yourself, how much do you love God? So when, once I started with the all, Mm-hmm. Once we start having a conversation about all, I said, I need to know what does it mean to love him with all my heart? Like to stop there. Like, yeah, let's just, break that down. Just, let's just go there. Let's mm-hmm. just stop there. The heart in this, this scripture, this definition of the scripture, it means your intentions. Mm-hmm. That means that we are supposed to be trying to love God with all of our intentions. That means I'm loving God deliberately, purposely, knowingly, wittingly, consciously, premeditatedly. I am loving God with my will, my intentions, my convictions. A better word to sum it all up is my faith. Mm. Now, why am I using faith? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And literally, our intentions are our hopes. When we act on hope, When we act on intentions, we are literally going off of nothing. He says, faith is the same way. When you operate based on nothing but hope or intention, he said, I want that. We do it all the time. Mm -hmm. People wake up and say, I intend to go to work. Anything can happen on your way to work. This stops you from coming. But your intention was to what? Go to work. Go to work. God said, I, I know you can't, you can't guarantee that you'll be the best Christian. Mm. But I need you to intend to. That's all right. Yeah. You can't guarantee that you'll love everybody the way you should today. But I need you to intend to. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's in that a- intention. When we give that intention to God, we are literally putting ourselves in a place where we are loving him with all our heart. Yeah, and that makes it, like, when it comes to making decisions and things you should be doing, it makes it easier to figure that out when he's your only intention and seeking him is your only intention. That stuff It informs everything else. Yeah. It informs my mind because I'm no longer just playing games with God Mm -hmm. where I'm doing things, but my intention is not for him. Mm -hmm. Some people are coming to church with the intention of getting their life fixed. Mm-hmm. That's not what God is. God is not as, a Yonla Van Zandt. Yeah. He is not here to fix your life. Even though it sounds, you know, innocent and cool and stuff, but yeah, it's not it can't be the intention cuz you'll be disappointed every it time. It can't be. Your job is God is not here for you to for to fix your life. God is not here to fix your life. He's here for you to fix your life on him. Mm. Direct your life to him. Put your life in the line of him. That's what he's interested in. He's not interested in that other stuff. That stuff where your intentions of coming to church is to be prosperous or successful or to be happy or to have peace. Or to even have purpose. Or to even have purpose. The purpose-driven church is a church that has purposed itself in its intentions to please God. Mm Mm-hmm. 
to love God. Mm-hmm. We had, we got to look at it that way. We do. I don't know if we always have. Just an example that I, I pulled Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. And it says that in this passage of scripture, Daniel was captured along with the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 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 Oh, yeah. that's how you say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, they, he was captured with them. And so these four guys, they were learning a new culture. They were assimilating themselves to the culture, making themselves indispensable to the king. So much so that Daniel helped the king by interpreting his dreams. And the king made everything that he had available to Daniel. Mm -hmm. Gave him the finest foods, the finest clothes, the finest place to sleep. And it says in verse 8 of chapter 1, but Daniel purposed in his heart what? That he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Mm. He purposed, he intended, he hoped to not defile himself against God. Yeah, and I thought this story was particularly interesting because he still, when you think about what we have to do on a daily basis, like going to work and dealing with people, when you still purpose in your heart to intend to obey God, like it makes all that stuff still in his will because you're still intending or purposing in your heart to please him. So ask yourselves, what have you purposed in your heart today? And that'll tell you if you love God with all your heart. Mm -hmm. What did you intend to do today? Mm -hmm. What did you intend to do next week? What did you intend to do in a year? That shows you where you are in your love life with God. Because if you don't love him with all your intentions, if he isn't the center of your intentions, there's something wrong. And then meaning well is not the same as purposing in your heart and intending to obey God. Because I feel like we get those mixed up. Like you'd be like, I mean, well, I meant well. It's like it's not the same thing. Interesting that you would say that because meaning well is literally talking about your intentions. They say the, the role to hell is paved with good intentions. Hmm. That's true. But the road to heaven is paved with God intentions. Mm -hmm. We as believers, we have to start, stop meaning well Hmm. and start meaning God. Let's put it this way, because this probably sounds better. We got to stop meaning well and start meaning will. We got to start meaning the, the, the course of our intentions need to be focused, directed, on the will of God. That's how we love him with all our heart. Mm. Your good intentions don't show you love God with all your intentions. Your meaning well don't show God that you're, you intend to follow his will. Mm-hmm. This still all niceties. It's still all morality. It's still all our own idiosyncratic yeah. understandings of good and evil. It has little to do with God and loving him. Mm-hmm. And that's how all those perversions of Christianity kind of rise up because absolutely you got a bunch of people that mean well but they go about it in the wrong way a lot (laughs) because if you're meaning well you're going about it in the wrong way yeah you are Mm -hmm. good is bad to God (laughs) God is good (laughs) yeah do you know what I'm saying? Like people don't don't understand it. They start crying and they sad because they meant well mm-hmm. and nothing's working out. They came to church because they meant well. They gave money to people because they meant well. But they don't understand God is not looking for you to mean well. He's looking for you to mean will. Mm-hmm. You, we have to get, that's what loving him with all your heart is. Since I know what that is, I had to evaluate myself. I had to say, you know, I don't, I'm not really loving God mm-hmm. with all my heart. You might say, well, force, you're not loving. No. <laughs> I see some places where I'm. I, there's a lot of good intentions instead of God intentions. Mm-hmm. That's right. That I still need to get in check. Yeah. Let's keep it, let's keep it real. Luke chapter 5, verse 18 through 20 says, just then some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. So Jesus was teaching in this small house. He was having a little house party, and it was packed in there. Mm-hmm. 
And these men came with a paralyzed man on a, on a mat. It was four of them, and they were carrying him. And they tried to bring him inside to set him before Jesus. And you would think other people would be courteous to this. Like, move aside. We, we got a paralyzed no. man. He needs to be healed. No, no. they could they not get in there. They could not find their way through the crowd. So they went up on the roof and lowered him on a mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Mm -hmm. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. You know what, why Jesus called them friend? Because yeah. he saw what they did came from the heart. That's what it means. When we say intentions, we're talking about what is from the heart. Mm -hmm. He's, he, he didn't even meet these people before, but he said, friend. That's powerful to me. Yeah. When you think about the effort they went through to get to him. It showed him that they loved him. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, you may think that that didn't show them, that, that didn't show God, Jesus, that they loved him. Because you look at love differently than God does. God looks at the intention as love. Mm -hmm. You look at the invention as love. Mm -hmm. What, what am mean? I saying? We look at what people can create and provide us and give us as love. Mm -hmm. But God looks at the intention, kind of like how a mother will take a birthday gift from her five-year-old, this macaroni, just paste it on a construction paper. And she will feel more love in that than a gold watch. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Why does she feel more love in that? I've seen mothers cry off of things that cost literally 30 cents to make. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the intention is greater than the invention. Yeah. And when we understand that's the way God thinks, mm -hmm. then we stop trying to create things to give to God. Mm -hmm. We stop trying to create. Manufacture. Stop trying to manufacture mm -hmm. an idea of a Christian and think, I hope God is pleased. No, he's pleased more with the intention than the invention. Mm -hmm. We build big churches and hope God is pleased. Now, he's more interested in the intention than the invention. Mm -hmm. We have to start to see that there's a problem in the way that we love. Yeah. Even as people, we expect people to give us. Instead of appreciating the intention, because we don't look at love that way. If, if we want the love that can be tasted, touched, felt, sensual in some way, intention goes beyond sensuality. Mm. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like this, this is the powerful thing about it is that he, they showed him that their intentions were greater than their invention. Mm -hmm. They had nothing to offer Jesus. Matter of fact, they was bringing him a problem. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but they showed their faith in that. How many times do people bring you problem, problems and you say, friend? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He said, friend, because he said, you guys love me so much that you trust me with your friend's life. Mm. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. You're free. You're healed. Why? Because your intentions were revealed through your actions. Mm -hmm. Come on now. And it's a lot in there because like even when you did the example of a mother loving the macaroni gift more than, it's like you see the time and the effort and the energy and the pure innocence of it like, and it makes you yeah. love it that much Take more. Take it another step. That child didn't let a lack of money prevent them from showing their intention. Mm-hmm. These people didn't let a crowd prevent them mm -hmm. from showing their intention. That's right. We let so much, so much yeah. prevent us from showing God <laughs> our intention. Even in our own minds. Even in our own minds. Yeah. Forget the crowd in this house. Imagine that house as your mind. Imagine those, that crowd as your thoughts. Yep. What are you willing to do to get through your thoughts to who God is? Mm. Sometimes you got to get inventive. Sometimes you need to get creative. Sometimes they you, lowered them down. <laughs> they went to the roof. Yeah. That means thought went into yeah. it. They say, "Oh, we got a problem." They didn't turn around and say, "See, Jesus too much of a rock star. <laughs> he got too much going on. Mm -hmm. It ain't going to work." No, they said, "Hook a crook. Somehow we getting this man to Jesus." That's right. How 
desperate are you mm. to get to Jesus? Mm. How intentional are you? We know that God is intentional, but how intentional are you? How much are you willing to get there to the cross? How much are you willing to get to the church? Mm-hmm. How much are you willing to get in your word? How much are you willing to get to studying? How intentional are you in your walk with Christ? Or are you just letting things happen? You just a Christian and you're like, ho-hum, going to church, don't know what's going to happen because I have no intention other than to feel better about the halfway, half-hearted way I live my life. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Christianity is not about catch as catch can. <laughs> Stand around and hope Jesus see you. No, or even how people are so worried about what people are going to think of them and you know, people have all their reasons for not coming to Always church and all that stuff. Always letting the crowd yes. box them out. Yep. Always letting the crowd in their mind mm-hmm. box them out. It's time for your actions to show your intention. Mm-hmm. Don't stand outside and be like, I hope Jesus know I wanted to see him. There's so many hypocrites in there. I don't want to, all that stuff. People, yeah. I, I, why would I want to be around anybody that let people who could walk prevent a man who can't walk from getting healed. They didn't do none of that. Mm-mm. No complaining. They showed their intentions. <laughs> Come on, guys. Y'all say y'all love God. You say you love Christ, but you you let things block you. And I don't know if you really have strong intentions if you let anything block you from what you want from God. <laughs> and they get small and petty, too. Absolutely. As small as I'm hungry, I'm not... <laughs> I don't want to do that. You know, I'm it just boils, being honest. That boils down to it. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. I don't have money for gas. Dep- I'm telling you, I've seen people drive on fumes to get to that booty. <laughs> but you ain't got a quarter tank of gas and you can't come to church. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. We got to start to ask ourselves, where's our intentions? Ask yourself, what have you broken your neck to get to? Mm-hmm. And have you ever done that for God? Mm-hmm. Come on, right? Yes. You get off 10 minutes before church from work and you like, it's too late to go to church. No, it's not. No, it's not. You could be late. You could, you could be it's late. better late than never because yeah. it might be your last time. It might be that time than never. <laughs> I'd rather be late than never. Matthew 8 and 8, the centurion answered. And we all heard the story about the centurion and and he said to Jesus, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. He came to Jesus with an action. He came to Jesus with an intention. He said, I, 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 this is what all I need you to do. He bossing Jesus around. He said, <laughs> just speak a word, and I'll go home. Jesus, Jesus, all these times, Jesus laid these things out for people. He said, you go to the pool of Bethesda and dip there. He like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. he, he, he's, you do this. And he said, you take and spit in the mud and rub it on your eyes and you'll see. But this man came to Jesus and said, you speak a word and I'll go and it'll be done. Yeah. He showed an intentional act. Yeah. And that intentional act was seen to Jesus as faith. Mm-hmm. See, our intentional acts are the works of faith. Mm-hmm. That's why he said faith without works is dead. What he's saying is faith without intention is dead. Is dead. Yeah. Because when you think of your heart, like you said, as the thing that kind of uh, fuels, you know, the things we do because it's how we intend to do stuff. Yeah. When, when faith is that, it... You have to start to see the production of faith in your life. Many times people try to talk about faith and works and they miss the ball because they're starting to talk about what the things that we're doing with our hands and that's not what God is seeing. He's talking about the intention that powers the things you do with your hands. That's right. He's saying, let your intentions reflect your faith. Yeah. What am I saying? Let your intentions reflect your convictions. Mm-hmm. And when you think of that half-hearted thing that we've been talking about, it's like that in that it's not connecting. It's yeah. not in that our hearts aren't informing our actions. Absolutely. Our actions, or they are, it's just it's half hearted. So Absolutely. Our actions reflect our intentions. Our intentions 
reflect our convictions. That's what this boils down to. Love the Lord with all your heart. Then we go, love the Lord with all your soul. Now, what in the world does that mean? And the interesting thing about this is that heart, mind, and soul sound one and the same, but they're, they are the same in the fact of the origin in which they come from, right. but different in the fact of what part of where they come from they inform. What right. am I saying? Like Jesus, the Holy Ghost, and God are three in one, mm-hmm. but each of them in and of themselves reflect a different part of the whole. Yeah. All three, heart, soul, and mind, reflect the inner being that we are. Mm-hmm. But separately, they inform a certain part of our inner being. The first part was our intentions. Mm-hmm. That's our will. The second part, our soul, it means our feelings, desires, and affections. Mm. How do you feel about God? We, we, we just asked you, what do you intend with God, what are your intentions with God? It's like if I was God's father, and I sat you down, and I wanted to know what what are your intentions with God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I was your father, and somebody was asking for your hand in marriage, I'd be like, "What are your intentions, intentions. with my daughter?" That's what we're asking. What are your intentions with God? What are you Want looking for yeah. from God? And what do you intend to do? for God, mm. with God, to God. But the second thing is that our feelings, our desires, our affections, how do you feel about God? Mm-hmm. I know some, we, we have all been guilty of this too, of talking about how we need to do it in spite of not feeling it. But I'm here to tell you, studying this, I've been challenged on, I have to align my feelings to be the to let God be the center of them. Yeah, it's not you. We give ourselves a pass way too much because it's like when you start to evaluate what what it means, like or just use going to church an example. When you say you don't feel like going to church, if you really realize what it meant and what it could do for your life and for others, it will make it more exciting. It should change yeah. how you feel about it. it. Should you can't say God is the center of your life, but He's not the center of your affection. Come on now, right? Mm-hmm. That's lunacy. That's why women, it's hard for them to understand how a man can cheat. <laughs> how can you tell me that you love me and that you you can't live your life without me, but you also love someone else? Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. We have to understand how can God be the center of our lives if he is not the center of our affections. Mm-hmm. I can't continue to go through my Christian walk reading Kicking the Bible. Yeah. And saying, even though I don't feel like it, I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. As it. I'll never produce the true power of the word if I don't delight in it. Yeah, and it grows. Because I feel like when I first got saved, like, I didn't, you know, you go through that phase where you're re- literally forcing yourself. And then now it's coming to a point where I'm, you know, I'm more excited about it. But I can only see it getting stronger. Because we have to challenge ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have to challenge ourselves. We should be like that in everything in our lives, actually. That's what we mean when we say that people should be decisive. Because if you can't move from a decisive place where you know that you feel a certain way about something and you're not going to waver on that way that you feel about it, then you're constantly bi-spiritual. You're constantly bisexual or bi-everything because you're not willing to commit to being in something. And so when we look at this, we're talking about God wants us to desire him, as the writer says, as a deer panteth after water. Mm. God doesn't want to give you a reason to smile. He wants himself to be the reason you smile. We, can't, we have to be honest with ourselves. We are constantly looking for God to make us smile instead of him being the reason him being why. What makes us smile? We have to be honest about that. Yeah. We come in this church sad. The Bible says we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We enter into his courts with praise. We don't have thanksgiving or praise until we see some blessings. It's true. This is a sad reality. Let, we might as well switch that scripture around and be like, I leave with my blessing with thanksgiving. 
I leave with my blessing with praise. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only time we're thanking God and praising God. We're never praising him for just being amongst him. Yes. We're never praising him for just being near him. That's why it fluctuates. It wavers because depending on how blessed you are and how poor you are, whatever, that's yep. how much energy you give. Literally like God. a thermometer. Our temperature is gauged by the things we have around us. Right? Yeah. Our environment dictates our temperature. Mm. If it's hot outside, we through the roof. If it's cold, we low. If we have things, we up and we feel like we walking in faith and we're righteous and we feel holy and we feel blessed and highly favored. We don't look at being blessed and highly favored at just being the fact that God hears us mm-hmm. and is near us and loves us. Yeah. We don't see it that way. And that's where we don't love him with all our soul. Psalms 37 and 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. I want to know, what do you delight in? Because what you delight in is what will give you the desires of your heart. Yes. People read that scripture weird. He's saying, if you delight in God, he going to give you what you delight in, which is more of him. Yep. He, he tricked y'all because people be trying to use that to get what they want. And it's like when you only want him, that's yeah. when you get what you want. Right. <laughs> that's when you get what you want because I, I got more of me yep. for you. We don't see it that way, though. God doesn't make us smile. We talked last week about Pavlov's dog. We said, what rings your bell? Mm-hmm. What makes you salivate? Today I'm asking, what makes you smile? Sometimes you see somebody... Open up their phone and they on text message. All of a sudden, they get a little smile, little sassy smile. What what got you smiling like that? I get nervous, honestly. Like how you always tell that story about your mom. One day you came in super happy, and she was like, "Why are you so happy?" Like that's how I am these days with people I know and stuff. Like when I see you too happy, I'm like, <laughs> it can't be God. <laughs> it's just not like when you look at people even like memes and all kinds of food like people get so much excitement off of things that have nothing to do with it God. satisfies us because it's our desire anything that's don't tell me that it's not your desire if it satisfies you if it makes you smile you see people come in church they're not happy they're not happy they're not happy <laughs> you hear the testimonies these ain't testimonies. These sound like police blotters. You be feeling like I, I want to take God. I want to take you to the police real quick. You need to file a report. The stuff that happens to people, you just be like, my goodness. There's no joy in your life. Why is there no joy? Because he's not the center of your joy. His existing doesn't make you smile. Mm-hmm. But the things he can offer you does. And that's a problem. Yeah. He said, love me with all your desire. That's basically what he's saying. Do you delight in the word? He told us to delight ourselves in the Lord. Do you delight yourself in the word? He says, Matthew 6, 24 says, no man can serve two masters. He either will hate one and love the other. He will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Mm. You can't be by spiritual. You can't say money makes you smile and God makes you smile. One of these things is not going to make you happy. Some of you, you got to be honest with yourself. You would, you would be more excited to have a million dollars than to have God. I'm challenging you with the same thing I challenge myself with. Force, what makes you happy? Mm-hmm. Running a business sometimes, you, you see the, the lowest of the low in that bank account. And then sometimes you be like, whoa, I ain't never seen this much money in my life. Mm-hmm. And I keep saying that because that's how good God is. The last time I say I, I can't believe I had this much money, I already got more than that time. But what makes you happy? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have to catch myself. You look in the bank and you see a whole lot of money and you be like. That shouldn't be happy. It shouldn't this. be why I'm happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, this is not my soul. He said, why do you. What are you willing to exchange for your soul? That's what the scripture says. Mm -hmm. Why gain the world and exchange it for your soul? He's letting you know, why do you love 
those things? Why do you give your love to those things? Mm -hmm. Why do you forfeit yourself in that way? Ask yourself, what do you love? And then the fact that he's even saying uh, he will be devoted to one and despise the other. So it's like making us realize we have to reevaluate our our the way we feel about those type of things. Absolutely. We should despise them. The same way we have to evaluate how we feel about God is the same way we need to evaluate what we hate. Mm-hmm. The same dread I used to have for church when I was a kid. That's the dread I should have for anything that's not God. That's right. Anytime anybody want to talk about something that's not God, anytime they want to pull me in places that's not God, anytime they want to entice me with things that have nothing to do with God, mm-hmm. I should be, uh, uh no. by. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's sad as a kid where you play sick to go to church, but you well as can be when it's time to go outside. Mm-hmm. We don't change as adults. Mm-hmm. We fit as a fiddle when it's time to do something wrong. When it's time to do something naughty. Jesus after dark. <laughs> when it's time to do something naughty, we we all got all the time. Of the energy. Today I got time. All of the devotion. All of the devotion, all the commitment. We quick to tell people we can't stop thinking about them. Quick to tell them we we love them and they put a smile on our face and we can't live without them. But we don't have none of those words for God. We can't keep the same energy at all. Mm-mm. At all. And there's no way that you can have the same energy for both. You can't, you got to ask yourself, what energy am I giving God? <laughs> how do I feel about God? Just, just ask yourself, how do you feel about God? I, I want to know what you feel about God because I know what David felt. Psalms 27 and 4 says, one thing I've asked of the Lord and that will I seek. Or one thing I desire, I desire. He said, I only desire one thing, mm-hmm. one thing. If God told you, give me, tell me what you desire. I think of a million things. A million things. I don't know if it will be him. (laughs) David said, one thing I desire, that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Mm -hmm. Some of us can't even give God two hours on a Sunday. This man said, all I desire is to spend all my life with God. He shows his devotion. He shows what he desires. He shows where his soul is. He shows that he gives God all his soul. Sorry. He said to, debo- to behold the beauty of, of the Lord. He said, I want to dwell with the Lord, not even for his blessings, but only to behold him. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? That, that's the problem with your prayers. That's why your prayers don't, don't really manifest anything worthwhile in your spirit is because you are only entering into God's presence to get a present from him. Yeah. He says, I'm entering into his presence because his presence is a present. I think we focus way too much on outcome when we deal with God. We focus way too much on what the outcome will be versus him being the outcome. And just prayer in itself is a a blessing. It's the sad part about coming to church. Some people only come out for the outcome. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason you're here. The only reason you're here is because you want a better outcome. Yeah. You want a better situation. It's time for us to come out just to be in his presence. Just to be in God's presence. He said, this is, the, this is my desire. When, our, when we're honest and we can honestly say that our desire is just to be with God, not to spend a few hours with him, but to take every opportunity, every moment we can to be with God. Now we're getting somewhere. Mm. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we get into a place where God is now feeling like we love him with all our heart and our soul. It says that, Matthew 15 and 8, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And that's what we're saying. You can do all of this stuff. You can read your Bible. You can pray. You can come to church. You can miss not one service. You could be on Sunday school. You could be on the Sunday school board. You could be Sunday school superintendent. You could be a pastor. You can be an elder. You could build your own church. You could build five churches. Call them all Church of the Lord who honors the Lord. (laughs) Great, but he says, where's your heart? It's far from me. Where's your heart? 
Some of you, God know where 10% of your heart is. He like, with a rest. <laughs> with a rest. It's like you give God something, but when he check it, he see that you short. <laughs> he just see you short some. And you hand him your heart and he like, this ain't all. <laughs> this ain't all. This ain't all the heart. He can see the little, <laughs> little pattern yeah, in your pants. He can see, like. a, little, he can see a little bulge <laughs> where you try to hold some of the heart. God doesn't like that. He doesn't like an unjust weight, mm. unjust balance. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like people trying to scheme him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like people trying to keep a little for themselves. You don't get to keep a part of your heart for you. You don't get to give God some and then give God some for yourself. He I said, got a scripture for that. Go ahead. Proverbs 11 and 1, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is is his delight. Yeah. What, what, what was that movie he, where they weighed the heart? The heart weighs a specific amount. Mm. And he's, he, this is basically what God is saying. He's saying, I, I'm looking for a just weight. When I weigh this heart, it needs to be all of it. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, hey, this heart is a little light. Where's the rest of it? You start patting your pockets. Where's the rest? <laughs> well, I gave, I gave some to my husband. I ain't asked you to do that. I was going to distribute this the way <laughs> I wanted to. I'm the distributor of the heart. <laughs> Give me all of it. Mm-hmm. Come on. We got to be honest with ourselves. I'm being honest with myself now. I'm like, yeah, it's a little light, God. I'm going to go I'm gonna go get the rest. <laughs> I don't know why I tried to fool you. I don't mm-hmm. know why I tried to play. We can't be light on it. Mm-hmm. He said that's abomination. He hates that. He hates that. He killed Ananias. He said, bang, you gone. Why? Because you committed something to me and then didn't give me all of it. Mm-hmm. You said you was going to give me all. Now you trying to give me a piece? Mm-hmm. Like, like this is okay? No. Come on, guys. What y'all don't understand is that this is the reason why tithing is gone. It's because God is no longer interested in a tenth of anything. Mm-mm. He don't want all your money. He want all your heart. I always thought that was weird anyway. Like God sitting in heaven with a calculator. Like He don't have a, it's no bank. It's no trust of God. <laughs> the reason why he don't want your money no more is because he like, if I have your heart, I have your money. I have your home. I have everything. Yes. And like you said, he's the distributor, so he's no he knows where to. Uh, Based yeah. on the heart, <laughs> yeah, he he can't touch money. Mm-hmm. God can't touch money, but he could touch your heart, yeah, and put get you to put that money where he needs it to go. Mm-hmm. Why would he want your money? He, he doesn't want your money. People say, "Well, the church needs the money. The church need more than ten percent." <laughs> The church, this is what the church need. The church need your obedience. Yeah. Your obedience is worth its weight in gold. Yes. Your obedience is more priceless and more expensive than any 10% you could ever give. And then the exercise of tithing is that obedience because you're showing money is not a thing for me. You know, I'm doing what I'm, I'm when, being obedient based on what's on my give, heart. Yeah. And we won't say not tithing. We'll say when you give in a new way of tithing, when you tithe with obedience, mm-hmm. let's put it that way. When you tithe with obedience, you don't give a tenth of anything. You give all of you. You give your obedience right. to God. Because God might tell you to give 5% today and 30% tomorrow. Yeah. But he wants that freedom because he wants your all. How can we let God be God if we only let God be God 10% of the way. Mm-hmm. Huh? I, this is not a conversation about tithing, but it's so much to be said about it in the concept of desire because honestly, in our attempts to please God, we are not giving him, we're giving him money, but we're not giving him our heart. We're not giving him our soul. It's time for us to move beyond that. Many say God is their everything, but rarely seek him with everything they have. The perfect uh, little <laughs> segue. <laughs> and last thing is that we need to love him with all our mind. The mind in this sense is our understanding. It's our intellect, our insight. To love God with your mind is to understand him. Yes. 
and to let that understanding inform your reasoning, your thinking, your insight, and your perspective. Yes. And when I heard that, it made me think of like the way I perceive whether it's situations, the way I perceive trials and all that stuff is through my understanding of who God is. So when and you give him your understanding, yeah. when you no longer allow yourself mm-hmm. to understand things the way you want to, Proverbs 3 and 5 and 6 says, lead not to thine own well, understanding, understanding. In, in all, all thy ways, ways acknowledge, acknowledge him. him. And he will direct your path. Mm -hmm. When you lean not to your own understanding, that means you've given him your mind. mind. It says, let this mind be in you that's also in Christ Jesus. What is he saying? That you now understand the world the way Christ did. Mm -hmm. That you now understand marriage the way Christ did. Mm -hmm. You now understand family the way Christ did. Mm -hmm. How How did Christ understand family? They told him his mother and his brother was outside. He said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? But the one who does the will of God, he redefines everything, Mm -hmm. everything that the world perverts and makes a weird way and uses morality and laws to justify. God comes and redefines it. Christ comes and redefines it. He becomes the redefinition. I see marriage different, having never been married. I see singleness different. I see Business different. I see finances different because I've no longer allowed myself to understand it my way. I've given my mind, therefore my understanding to God. Inform my understanding, God. Mm -hmm. Help me to reason better. Yes. Help me to understand people better. Help me to love people better. And then all the words you're using is making me think of process. Like the way we process things is always through God. Like. Everything, even as small as, you know, getting something to eat. Like, everything is just processed through your understanding of God. How, how will you ever produce a fruit if it's processed the wrong way? What are we talking about? We talk about the difference between real fruit and artificial and flavor. Artificial flavor. <laughs> Jesus. We're talking about artificial fruit. Fruit flavored stuff. Mm. You eating an orange gummy is not eating an orange. They might even taste the same, mm. but only one of them has the inherent properties and nutritious properties of a true fruit. Mm. Some of you are doing things that other Christians do, but you don't understand it because you're doing it because of how you understand them mm. and not how you understand God. You are producing a false fruit. Mm. Some of you only tithe because somebody told you that it's going to give you a blessing. It's false fruit. Or even the way we think of like when you think of his fruit, when you want love and you want peace, like the way we go about getting those things is always wrong because we're not doing it through our understanding of God. It's like, I need peace. Let me go to a spa. <laughs> I need love. Let me go find a, an, I was going to say N-word, uh, a guy. Yeah. Like, that's how we process so you, you hit the nail on the head. You hit the nail on the head. We are chasing things and looking for things according to our own understanding. We feel a sense and a desire and a need for peace, but go through it and go to get it in our own understanding. Mm-hmm. So that's how you ended up in the Bahamas and not in the will of God. I thought he was going to say the butthead. <laughs> 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 see, you, you felt a need and a desire for love, but you articulated it in your own understanding. That's how you ended up with a man and not with the man of God. Mm. When I say the man of God, I'm talking about Christ. <laughs> yeah, all that other stuff. Yeah. I ain't even talking about no man of God. I'm talking about too, yeah. you, you, you missing the point. I'm talking about you not having Christ. Why? Because he is peace. Mm-hmm. He is love. All this other stuff, it's work. Yeah. And life will show that it's fake too because when you really need patience and you really need peace, it don't come through. <laughs> Ain't enough spas in the world to give you peace it's not. when you really need some. It's true. You know what I'm saying? You can, Ain't enough vacations in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a lady we we both know. She go on vacations all over the world at least one a month. 
And she always trying to tell other other people to go on vacation. You got to get away. I'm telling you, once you get away, that, that, and when, as soon as she come back, what you think she say? I got to get away. Got to get away again. Then she get away. Gotta and she get be away like, again. I got to get away. Yep. What are you getting away from? Mm-hmm. Why don't you stay away? Oh, you can't. It don't work like that. Don't work like that. Y'all are trying to get away from yourself, but guess what's packed with you? Yourself. <laughs> yourself. Mm-hmm. You think you're getting away from people. What you're trying to do is get away from your mind. But one thing you can't leave home is your mind. One thing that will be packed with you, whether you take no luggage, your mind. Yeah. And the only thing that can unpack that luggage for you that can unload that burden for you is to give your mind to God, mm. to allow him to exchange your understanding for his. Mm. That's the power. There's a power in that. And you guys never get to experience that when you don't offer God your mind. Psalms 1 verse 2 and 3 says, but his delight in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. night. Mm. See, you don't, you don't meditate day and night on the word. That's your spa treatment. Mm. That's your, you need to exfoliate your mind. Forget your skin. Your skin is a, a, a bag that's just holding all this mess that you call a mind. Jesus. You need to empty the bag, <laughs> not clean the bag. Empty the bag. He said, it's what's in a man that defiles him. He said, y'all worried about eating out of dirty cups. He said, the cup ain't dirty. It's what you put in it. Meditate day and night. He says that if you do that, this is the powerful part. If If we understand the benefits of loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind. He said, this man is planted like a tree by the rivers of water. He says, he'll yield fruit in a season. His leaf won't wither, and whatever he does, he, pros- he prospers. Sorry. People think that we against prosperity because they don't understand. You, I'm not against prosperity. I'm against the way it's being taught. If we teach in prosperity, then we must be teaching love. Because he says, you don't get to prosper without giving me all of your heart, soul, and mind. You want to know the secret to success? Give God your whole heart, soul, and mind. What am I saying? You want the secret to success? Give God your intentions. Don't intend to succeed. Intend to seek God. Give God your desires. Don't desire success. Find success in desiring God. Mm. And give God your understanding. Don't try to understand how to get successful. Try to understand God who gives success. Mm. When you, when you give yourself over all the way like that, he says you become that person who is not barren. You produce fruit in your season. Mm. You become that person who no matter the environment, you never wither. Mm. Whether a tree is awesome or not, that tree is susceptible to its environment. Mm. He said, but you're like an evergreen. <laughs> no matter what's happening, still. you're still flourishing. He says, whatever you do, it prospers. And that's that wholeness that God, that Jesus gave people when he made people whole. That's what he's talking about. Like no matter what around it affected, it was still, it still was able to retain, you know. Yeah. He made them whole because they gave him their whole heart, Mm -hmm. their whole soul and their whole mind. You trying to keep things. The more you keep your heart, soul and mind away from God. You keep it out of his reach. He can't heal you. He can't touch you. He can't help you. It says in Psalms 37, 31, the law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. My prayers, you guys start to understand the power of giving God your all. That as long as you're half-hearted, you slipping. Long as you half-hearted, you ain't succeeding. Long as you half-hearted, you're withering according to the circumstances of your environment. As long as you're half-hearted, you are not that tree planted by the water. You don't got what you need. You're dying. 
Medications can't do it. Spa treatments can't do it. Friends can't do it. Drugs can't do it. Sex can't do it. St you can have as much sex as you, until your eyes fall out. You can have so much sex, you're not even ejaculating no more. It's just muscle spasms at this point. You can, Jesus, Jesus after dark. You can have all of that stuff and always need more because those things aren't just water. You'll always thirst again. But it's not the living water. You went all the way there at the end. Episode 36. This is Real Church Matters. We out.